HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Streaming to the universe live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. You're listening to the Heritage Radio Network. Hello, welcome to the Heritage Radio Network's Farm Report. That was an intro from Brian Kenny of Hearst Ranch right there. Um, we thank Brian for all he contributes with his music to the network. Um, today our show is sponsored by S. Wallace Edwards & Sons out of Surrey, Virginia. And uh, we have um, an exciting show today. I'm really um, excited to speak with Severin Von Scharner Fleming of the Greenhorns. She is also um, a host on the Heritage Radio Network. Her show, The Greenhorns, can be listened to live every Tuesday at 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And um, we've got Severin on the line with us. How are you, Severin? Indeed. Happy spring. Thank you. Well, finally, right? It's about time. We were getting a little bit knocked down in our socks. Definitely. Well, I know you travel around a lot, so maybe you've seen more of the springish type of weather than I have, but let's um, give our listeners of the Farm Report an idea of who the Greenhorns are. So, the Greenhorn is a network of young farmers, and we're organized uh, in different ways. Um, organized by many different people, but as a core is a nonprofit organization that works to promote, recruit, and support young farmers across America um, as they uh, begin and uh, their careers in agriculture and succeed at uh, feeding the people close to them and the people that they know. Um, we have a blog, a wiki, a map, a film. We do the radio show. Um, lots of events uh, that are educational and celebrational. And then we do also one-on-one pep talks um, when that's called for. What's a wiki? Oh, yes. Well, a wiki is a web-based resource-sharing technology. Uh, Many people are aware of Wikipedia, Mm -hmm. which is like the encyclopedia of the wiki, but a wiki is basically an online forum where people who are participants and knowers of knowledge Mm -hmm. um, can share the knowledge that they know with other people in kind of a coordinated way. So our wiki is about um, resources that are useful and relevant to beginning farmers. All right, wonderful. Well, what what constitutes a young farmer for the Greenhorns, age-wise? Yeah, well, you know, if you were, we like to say, uh, if you wear short shorts, then you're a young farmer. (laughs) But uh, basically, the average farmer in America 
is 57 years old. Hmm. And in, uh, in California, the number of farmers who are 75 and older outnumbers the number of farmers who are 25 and younger by a factor of 60 to 1. Wow. And, and California is actually, you know, as you may know, quite the scene for young farmers. So um, the situation is not so good on, uh, uh, in terms of our demographics. And um, right now it's, it's estimated by the U.S. Census that only 6% of farmers in the United States are age 30, 35 and younger, and that's just about 300,000 people that we're talking about. So even if, if we are a little bit vague about how young you have to be, um, we're not talking about all that many people. Right. And so that's good because we're already very busy. <laughs> well, I mean, it's only it's bad for the future, but it's good for you guys. <laughs> bad for the yeah. future of agriculture, that is. Um, what was your motivation to start this? I mean, I'll call it a movement, basically. What, what was your motivation behind the Greenhorns? Um, well, the Greenhorns is really more like just a set of facilities mm-hmm. for, for the movement. And, you know, we were, were, were inspired to found the group. And, and really, we were mostly inspired in the very beginning just to document what was going on mm. um, on the ground all over this country and um, in places that we found not to be terribly visible or accessible um, unless you're a practitioner already. and. Mm-hmm wanted to make that um, story and, and to bring those voices um, a little bit um, clearer into the, into the public view, mostly because um, we knew that this is one of the really important parts of reclaiming our food system and mm-hmm. this work that these, that these young farmers are doing and these new businesses uh, that are ag-based businesses are such a big part of the solution. We felt like uh, the issue needed a bit more visibility. So really, um, the the whole rest of all that we're doing in the parties and the um, mixers and helping the conferences, do more conference programming for um, beginning farmers and consulting with the USDA on how to make um, agriculture a, 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 a more positive career choice for kids who are going through public schools and talking with their guidance counselors. All this is kind of followed from that original intention, which was, uh, you know, farming is the solution, and we need uh, more smart, ambitious people um, to get tuned into that career opportunity um, and to become a part of the solution. So it's all all downstream from that original um, intention. And hopefully it'll all move uphill from there. Um, Well... What, um, like, do you envision the farmers that you visit to be able to potentially uh, put a dent in industrial agriculture at some point? Um, invent in industrial agriculture? Yeah, and, like, put a dent in it. Like, are the farmers that you're visiting producing food at a level where soon they'll be able to not just necessarily feed, you know, the people in their own backyards and themselves, but, you know, um, you know, the larger community that you know, the industrial, um, you know, agriculture is, is currently feeding? Well, you know, the thing about industrial agriculture, and uh, it's hard to make generalizations because, um, you know, I'm driving an industrial vehicle at this moment, mm-hmm. and uh, but it took about 30 years of uh, very deliberate agricultural policy, and it's taken much longer even than that for the technology and the uh, policy 
and the consolidation of businesses and the production and, and, and mass uh, processing of foodstuffs in this country to get us where we are now mm-hmm. um, in terms of um, the food system. And, and that, you know, concentration and toxification and intensification and consolidation and specialization, mm-hmm. you know, that's like a pretty toxic uh, process. Mm-hmm. But it took a while for them to get to, you know, for, for us to get to where we are today. And I think similarly, um, you've seen in the last, uh, you know, 35 years how the, how the organic movement um, has grown um, at an incredible pace and mm-hmm. continues to grow at an incredible pace, um, kind of alongside and embedded within um, that industrial agricultural matrix. And so, you know, these things take a time mm-hmm. um, to develop and, and, and the processes continue. Um, basically, we're deeply outnumbered right now, mm-hmm. um, we being uh, small and beautiful by, um, you know, big and uh, powerful <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, quite toxic. So, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to assess, you know, what mm-hmm. the time frame is for when we will replace, you know, them. Right. But I'd say it's probably not uh, next week, <laughs> but it, you know, it might be sooner than we think. Because um, research has shown that uh, industrially managed, uh, conventionally managed systems um, of monoculture and intensive um, biotech agriculture are much less resistant to fluxes in, um, in the climate. And in particularly drought conditions, um, organic systems outperform conventional systems. And... And particularly if, you know, the oil is spiking and uh, input costs are rising, um, organic and low-input agriculture is actually better equipped to handle um, those changes Mm -hmm. and is uh, inherently more resilient than is the uh, industrial, uh, its industrial counterpart. So it's kind of a long-term complicated you know, situation, and and it's obviously a really piecemeal, farm by farm, case by case uh, answer. And you know, especially because there's just going to be a lot of sh- shakedown that happens mm-hmm. in the next the next little while. I think, anyway. I, I mean, I wouldn't disagree with that. Do Do you have any background or a connection with farm and with farming or our farmers? Um. Well, yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, when I was little, um, I spent, this, my, my mother is Swiss and my, um, and my father is Californian. So, uh, in the summertime, we spent, uh, the whole summer of like the whole vacation every summer in, uh, Switzerland wow. on my mother's farm. And, <laughs> you know, from when I was the tiniest little creature <laughs> and, uh, we drank raw milk and we picked flowers and we ate cherries. And it wasn't an organic farm. It was a conventional farm. Um, it was it's a family farm. Mm-hmm. And uh, on that farm, I uh, I guess I just fell in love with um, the spaces and shapes and, and textures of of agriculture. And um, and then I went to college. You know, a little later. I'm skipping, but and <laughs> uh, 
along with some friends of mine, uh, we founded this fabulous farm at Pomona College, um, basically on an old dump site where the school had been putting their, like, green waste. Mm. And so, really, actually, it was compost. And and we planted hundreds of trees, and we built these fabulous raised beds, and we, you know, uh, engaged in you know, a lot of community process and community development and organized events and had to figure out how to, you know, none of us really knew what we were doing, but we read books and we figured out how to do irrigation and how to negotiate for various things that we needed and uh, got the green waste from the colleges and converted our cars over to vegetable oil and, you know, just, like, got involved in all the logistics. Right. Um, And... I got it. I'm into logistics, you know, it's fun. Well, it's necessary. And as an advocate for young farmers, it's really nice, you know, to, to see that and hear that you've, you've, you know, pretty much done the job yourself. Um, and I know that when I met you, you're, you're with, uh, you know, a, a pretty, uh, deep rolling crew, uh, down in Georgia a couple of years ago at the organics conference. So, um, I'd love to come back after this break and talk a little bit about your crew and what you, you guys are doing as you're traveling around this country, as you said, documenting, uh, all the farmers that you're visiting. So let's take a quick break and come right back and talk more about that in a minute on today's farm report. Talk about that. Steve and Cliff. We should have Steve and Cliff on. That's what we Wednesday's Heritage Radio Network Farm Report, live every Wednesday at 5. Um, we're here right now with the hosts of uh, Greenhorns Radio, which you can hear live every Thursday at 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Um, we've got the host herself on with us, the Farm Report today, Severin Von Scharner-Fleming. And um, Severin, you've got a movie or a documentary coming out soon. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. We've just been up to our eyeballs in it today. Um, <laughs> we just um, resumed... Editing, we, um, this winter, we had kind of a big land drama. Um, we lost our lease and had to move the whole operation in the middle of a blizzard. And A blizzard? Um, oh, yeah, the big, you know the blizzard that was the three days long and no power? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that blizzard. Oh, and um, so, so Greenhorns kind of was on mothballs, uh, or rather on, in hard drives for the winter until we could get resettled and, uh, you know, refunded to resume editing, and so now we're back on back on the ball and moving from our rough cut, um, really focused on getting it done in the end of the summer, um, so that we can take it out um, to schools and to um, mostly. We're really focused for this fall on getting it to schools and young audiences. We really, um, we pretty much, we're pretty much motivated to get more young people to think about farming as a career. That's um, ultimately the whole purpose of this project. And um, 
and then and then obviously beyond that, everything is pretty much bonus. Is there a name for this film yet? Oh yes, it's everything is called Greenhorns. It's Greenhorns is the name of the movie. Okay. And uh, Greenhorns is the name of the radio. And Greenhorns is an, because Greenhorns are the horns that we trumpet our mm-hmm. uh, flight. Uh, Greenhorns are the horns that we lash to the plow and pull the hard jobs that we're pulling. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Greenhorns is kind of like, Greenhorn also is a new entrant. Um, hmm. Like in in the past, you would call someone a greenhorn kind of in a derogatory way, like when you first show up at the ranch. Really? Wow. Um, so the um, so for us, you know, we're kind of like reclaiming the fact that you know we are inexperienced, you know, as beginners in in farming, but we are also um, we're also bringing new a new perspective and fresh eyes and young, brave muscles to um, an industry that has has not been really attracting that many people, uh, uh, as those demographic numbers will tell you, mm-hmm. um, has, has not been as attractive uh, in recent times as, you know, really it needs to be um, to survive. Well, who's paying for this movie? Where does the funding come from? Um, so, Greenhorns is a nonprofit organization, mm-hmm. and... So that means that we're grant grant funded, and um, also, um, sorry, that's a siren. <laughs> since since, uh, since last year, we have been partnered um, with uh, with Cornell uh, University's Small Farms Program and uh, and a whole bunch of other partners um, in receiving a grant from the USDA. So so one day a week, our work is funded um, by Uncle Sam, hmm. um, but the other uh, eight days a week. Um, we're funded by uh, foundations who've made uh, uh, grants to our nonprofit, and so like one of our great supporters is the Newman Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, they make, you know, um, Paul Newman. Make, they make the salad dressing and yeah. the cookies. Um, and then uh, Ben and Jerry's Foundation, um, and you know, all of those funders um, have have a mission to support, uh-huh. you know, grassroots endeavors that are about young people and about ecology. And so those are the kind of qualifications that, um, that our organization is serving. Those are our missions, too. Right. Um, and especially, as, you know, the film has been really hard to fund, but a lot of the other programming has been a lot easier to fund. Mm-hmm. Um, and that programming, which is like, like, helping with conferences and doing these um, young farmer mixers mm-hmm. um, all over all over the country. Those have been um, kind of easier to fund and, um, you know, not only easier to fund, but really a lot of fun. Yeah, I was going to say, sounds like fun. And, and <laughs> I'd love to know who comes to these mixers. Are they the young farmers, members of the community? Um, yeah, so we just had a mixer... Um, Actually, we just had a mixer in Petaluma, California. Mm-hmm. Uh, not last week, but let's see now. Was it two weeks ago? Two and a half weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And that was an event at the Seed Bank in Petaluma, mm-hmm. which is a pretty amazing institution. I would encourage you to link to it and check it out. Um, Great. And there were, um, I think, about 120 um young farmers there wow. and there were people who were aspiring farmers 
um, who were there. But the, the majority, if you looked around the room, <clears throat> everybody was brown enough and strong enough that you knew that they were um, <laughs> not firing, but they were, you know, actually farming. You mean like if you went and looked at their fingernails, you would be able to say, ah, oh, you're a farmer. <laughs> yeah, you would be pretty, it would be pretty evident. Um, so that, so, that's pretty so, impressive. 120 in one place, all sharing ideas. That's pretty awesome. Well, you should see also, I mean, and we had one in Hardwick, Vermont, mm-hmm. uh, wow. months ago. Or, wow. And there, there was like 160 who showed up. And that's like a tiny little town. Yeah. You know? And now, are all of these um, mixers and everywhere you go, Is are you filming everything? Is this all in, in your movie? Well, we're filming... We're trying to film everything. I mean, we filmed in Petaluma. Then before that, we were in Oregon. Um, we had a mixer in Oregon uh, at the Small Farmers Journal annual horse John farm equipment sale. Hmm. Um, and then we've done them. We've done them. You know, a whole bunch of places. And you know, as best we can muster, we we filmed. You know, kind of internally what's happening with greenhorns, and then also, um, you know, the farmers that we meet through events and the farmers. That we go and find, you know, hmm. on our on our you know film trips. What? Is, yeah. Well, what is your crew like? How many of you are there? Or and is it always changing, or has it always been the same people that you travel around with? Um, it's always it's always you know depends on where you you know depends on where you ask me that question because, huh. um, you know we we're trying to always work with local um, cinematographers as much as possible just because. Uh, most of the travel that I do is um, is by train mm-hmm. and then, you know, private cars because um, airplanes are expensive. So mm-hmm. we're, um, you know, we're trying, you know, we'll like, we'll be, I'll take the train from New York down, swoop someone up in North Carolina, mm-hmm. and then keep t- we'll travel on the train together until Georgia, then we'll hop off. And be met by someone's intern who then drives us over to another farm. And then we pick up another So, like, our last trip we had, it was, like, six private vehicles. Hmm. You know, every people were coming from four different states. And we just kind of, like, assemble and then go across four states and, you know, shoot for five days. And then, um, you know, disperse again. But, so, a very, um, it's, like, very kind of virtual in terms of how we're organizing all these things. Right. And it's, it's a little bit complicated, but... Um, you know, we eat really well, and sure. and we're you know we're, we're passed fondly from hand to hand as we travel, so people don't really complain too much. Good. Well, how long how long were you filming for? How long did it take to get all the footage you needed for the movie? Um, it's taken us two and a half years, I think, mm-hmm. at this point, um, or not quite two and a half, but a little bit, almost there, and. Um, we have right now, I think, 360 hours of footage. And so, obviously, you know, the film is a, you know, a normal documentary, like an hour and a half. Uh-huh. Um, but we're already conceiving of and planning out how we'll make, um, you know, more media product with that, all that, um, you know, digital media and, and how we'll awesome. make, um, like, we want to make internet short. They're kind of more episodic, mm-hmm. but we have to do first things first. So yeah, first right now, the long the movie and then the the segments. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And um, I know you said you were excited to you know bring the movie to schools, but do you have um, you know the intention of bringing it to the mass public to everyone you know to see? 
Well, I mean, we've had some, you know, conversations with some television um, networks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, those were very nice, and they offered us, you know, some money, and um, which we really could have used. But we... Um, we wanted to keep really tight control over the over the end product and over the, you know, message that Definitely. we're sending. Because, yeah. you know, you know, people, you know, young farmers are really um, charismatic and, you know, they're super compelling. But the the message that we are kind of telling with this film is, you know, is equally about heroism and heart heartbreak. Right. And yeah. and that heartbreak part of it is pretty important and um you gotta tug on those heartstrings to make people really realize what's going on here and why this is important well it's not even about tugging on heartstrings it's more about tugging on wallet strings and tugging (laughs) on policy strings and tugging on cultural and educational strings and saying you know we in order to succeed we young farmers we need change at the policy level we need change at the educational level Mm -hmm. you know we need more citizens to become involved in the processes of community and, and, you know, authentically engage more than just, like, by swiping their credit card in a different direction. And, um, you know, that's going to require, you know, um, that's going to require a different set of... um, I'm sorry, I have ADHD, (laughs) and I just got a text message. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. ADHD, by the way, just to keep it relevant to now, uh, yesterday a report came out um, exposing the fact that uh, ADHD is caused by exposure to pesticides. Oh, my God. Wow. Yes, and, and, you know, this is exactly what, um, huh. this is exactly the problem with industrial agriculture is it makes more, you know, imagine if everybody was distracted like I am, <laughs> how long it would take things to happen. Yeah, films would would never come, never be released. I guess, huh? <laughs> it would be horrible. Oh no! <laughs> well, um, I mean, this has been great. I mean, we have we have so much more that we could talk about, and I really do hope to have you on again soon. Um, especially as the movie, you know, is ready to be premiered, and we can um talk about you know how people perceive it and where you've shown it, and um, hopefully host a screening of it somewhere here at the studio. Um. But I know I'll be seeing you soon, and I hope to bring you up on my program again. But um, everyone could definitely listen to more about the Greenhorns and all the fun things they're doing all across the country every Thursday at 2 o'clock on the Heritage Radio Network. Um, And Severin, thanks so much for being, you know, on with me today. And I definitely look forward to having you on again soon. And thank you to our listeners and to um, S. Wallace Edwards and Sons of Surrey, Virginia, for sponsoring today. We'll be back with the Farm Report next Wednesday, live at 5 on the Heritage Radio Network. As always, you could podcast us by searching us on iTunes or listen us um, to any episode on our archives at um, the Network.com website. See y'all. Hear y'all next week. Thanks.